1: Him here today with Lance in the Empty
2: Frames
1: Studios,
2: Wormtown. Wormtown nestled in the Empty Frames uh, Crawl Space Studios. What a fun episode we're about to uh, drop right now!
1: Yeah, this uh, this guy John David Booter. He started his podcast. Dunn disappeared, of course, in the search of uh, missing Pennsylvania woman, Clara Pockets and uh you may be thinking why is this such a fun interview well it's fake uh it, it's a joke it's it's a comedy podcast
2: he's the first person as far as we know who has parodied what this uh genre does right yeah as far as i know it's it's i mean it's a, such a
1: niche genre to parody it uh is like definitely something fresh that really hasn't been done on a, on a mainstream level and this podcast done disappeared is
2: hysterical and is getting the popularity that it deserves. It was with a little bit of trepidation that I uh, started listening to it because you don't want to hear a parody of yourself and think, well, oh my God, that's what we actually sound like or that's what we do. Um, but it's it's hysterical. It's uh, short episodes, what, 15 minutes at the most? Less, usually. Yeah, and yeah. it's it, – you're laughing the entire time. And I don't want to give away too much with the interview uh, with – john david booter but um what a character
1: yeah so john david booter isn't his real name he uh he does not, not. he does not give his real name uh, which is part of the fun of this podcast and this uh, experience that is uh, the podcast done disappeared so that this episode here that we're going to bring you on this crawlspace uh show is is different than what we normally do it's not serious it's actually quite funny
2: it's sort of like a coming of age of what we do. You know what I mean? Um, one, one point that we bring up in there is that every successful industry has a, has a series of checks and balances. And he's now become, whether he likes it or not, the, the checks and balances to what we do.
1: For people who do what we do, before we do something big like or something that hasn't been done now, where you have to think, oh, are we going to be parodied on Done Disappeared? And, uh, and that's a good thing, actually. What an honor. What a, what a humbling thing. Not only that, but it's a good thing to keep people in check. Exactly. <laughs> or at least let m- force them to look at themselves in the mirror.
2: I wonder if, after listening to his series about Clara Pockets, the dis- disappearance of Clara Pockets, I wonder how many people took up uh, baking cakes, because I, I really wanted to try <laughs> give you a, use give the a, recipe. Use the recipe. The entire technique.
1: Parody is a very powerful thing. You know, there really wasn't a good or uh, memorable Western made in Hollywood uh, for about twenty or thirty years after Blazing Saddles, and so hopefully that that doesn't happen with the true crime podcasting genre. That it just goes away um, because of *Dun*
2: disappeared. I, I don't think it will. So you're saying Blazing Dun disappeared is the blazing saddles of the podcast world. 100%. 100%. And I 100% agree. Yeah. <laughs> because you bring it up in uh, the interview that it's not the it it's a, it's a parody of the entire genre, not a particular show. And right. that's what makes it successful. And that's
1: that's why I think we we were so drawn to it. If it was just a strict parody of any one of the shows that he touches on, it would it wouldn't be that funny or if it was like, and it, it might come off as mean or like just angry, in, w- in which case it doesn't, you know, the, the way it is, it doesn't come off angry or mean. It's just funny, and if you if you're not laughing at it, you, you probably might be taking the subject matter a little too seriously. And obviously,
2: it's serious subject matter, but you right. have to, you, you have we, to, you have to have. Uh, there yeah. has to be a release. There exactly, there has to be something that you can find the humor in, in order to maintain sanity.
1: And before we play the interview with John David Booter. Let's just throw it to our buddy Jordan, north of the border, of the Nighttime Podcast. He just had a quick word for John.
0: Hi, Tim and Lance. This is Jordan from the Nighttime Podcast. I want to commend you both for having the courage to invite John David Booter onto your show. So many other filmmaking podcasters seem more interested in stealing some of the Clara Pockets awareness being created away from him, rather than simply focusing on the man behind the microphone. I had some comments for your show celebrating John David Booter. I hope you could share them with him for me. I've been unable to contact him after he blocked me for tweeting about Clara. First of all, please congratulate John David Booter on the incredible success of Dun Disappeared and for bringing closure in the pockets case. Not bad for a filmmaker turned podcasting reporter. I don't know about you both, but when I listened to all eight thrilling episodes of Dunn disappeared, I was as caught up in the pockets case as I was in the various characters and subplots that boiled below the surface. Most notably, the hurt he felt when his now ex-fiancee, Lisa, walked out on him. Universally and unanimously, people are celebrating Dunn disappeared as a true crime investigative milestone, and I agree, but I think it's bigger than that. This This is a love story bigger than Romeo and Juliet. It's the story of America's sweetest town. And most of all Dunn disappeared is the story of John David booter in closing. Please thank John David booter. I really hope he's hard at work on his TV show, a spin-off podcast, and of course season two. I hope we hear from him again and he doesn't disappear.
2: Well, thank you Jordan for providing that, uh, Once again, just rising up to the uh, Canadian standard of politeness and uh, no sarcasm there.
1: No, no, no. straight
2: read. Straight read. Thank you.
1: So John David Booter has concluded his first season of Done Disappeared. But season two is launching in spring of 2018, <laughs> um, and, and you'll know why we're laughing when uh, when, when you hear, hear the interview. But uh, so he's got an Indiegogo page up, and we want to urge you to go and donate to his second season. He's only asking for ten thousand, and uh, he's already raised a few thousand. And so there are some... If you're a fan of the show or if you listen to this or if you haven't heard it yet and you listen to this and then you go listen and you're a fan of the show, you will hear some of the uh, commercials that he does during his show. Like one of them is Big Box of Shit. You can get a big box of shit uh, mailed to your house. And it's obviously like a a joke. It's a parody of any one of our sponsors uh, when you listen to it. But if you go to this Indiegogo page, you can literally paid John David Booter to get a big box of shit delivered to your house.
2: Right. And the way Indiegogo works is you just don't donate unless you want to. You just you, you get a, a gift in return. And like you said, one of the gifts is the big box of shit. Um, there are a lot of other ones. There's can, a lot of other ones. You can donate
1: like five bucks and get a personalized email, I, th- I think it is. But there are a few tiers. But we definitely want to urge you to do this because uh, – this is a podcast that we really believe in. We want to uh, see have a second and third season. I think it
2: would be a lot of fun. Not only do we really believe in it, but we need a John David Booter in this in our lives in this industry. And I think uh, you know a, a few hundred people donating. Or contributing to the Indiegogo for five bucks is a is a five dollars is a small price to pay to to maintain something that is needed here.
1: Right, we've donated because we love the show so much and uh, we want to give back a little bit.
2: And we want to get him out of his mother's basement.
1: Right. So thank you, John, uh, for for your podcast and your Indiegogo page.
2: Just thank you, John, and thank you for taking our money. Thanks, John.
1: Okay, without further ado, here is the interview with John David Booter.
2: Mr. John David Booter.
1: Of Done Disappeared, with him, John David Booter. Welcome to Crawl Space, John David Booter from the podcast Done Disappeared.
2: How's it going?
3: So well, how are you?
2: Going great. Doing great. Thank you so much. I know you're extremely busy. Um, uh, h- handling uh, the the newfound fame and and um, you know everything that comes with being a successful podcast uh, documentary filmmaker.
3: You guys get it. I know you guys get it. It's quite a life, and I'm just lucky to be living it. You know,
1: you just ride the wave. We just make money just hand- riding that wave. <laughs> yeah. Now we make money hand over fist doing this. I imagine you're doing the same. It's, with st- not, it's a wave of money.
3: Absolutely, my god! I haven't I haven't had this much capital since I was, you know, slinging weed in in high school. So <laughs> this is this has been a real treat.
2: <laughs> Isn't that funny? That seems to be the uh, path of most uh, super successful podcasters. Um, the slinging weed in high school, followed up by, uh, you know just truckloads of cash doing investigative podcasting
3: absolutely i mean (laughs) the best way to solve a crime is to tell yourself that you're going to monetize it at the end (laughs) of the day that's the best motivator and if if you if anything will light a fire under you to just get out there and and find some some missing woman it's it's money and that's that's why we do it that's why we we love it and that's why we're going to do it until the day we die.
2: Under yeah, well said. Well said. Did you were you surprised at how fast the money came?
3: Ah, it was shocking. I mean, within 2 days we had tripled our Patreon goal, which was, you know, a shock. I mean, I expected it to be a slow trickle, but people were really hungry for this story. They were famished for the story of Clara Pockets. I didn't know that it was going to touched so many hearts so soon but my god if it hasn't you know spread like wildfire and um you know we're working on our tv show now um want to talk to you guys about that later so get some advice we've got some cool stuff planned we got a lot of action sequences like big explosions and musical numbers and
1: long hikes in the woods i hope
3: yeah Absolutely. Ugh, I'm just going to get lost in those woods. Yeah, you got to get lost
2: and, in the uh, woods, metaphorically and physically. find myself. Yeah. Um, one, one quick piece of advice for shooting, uh, just go all drone. All drone. All drone. Yep.
3: I like to think of my podcast as being all drone. <laughs> just droning on and on and on <laughs> about the poor thing Pennsylvania mother.
1: <laughs> so what, uh, what gave you the idea to... Uh to do this podcast
3: well um you know i was listening to uh i'm a big true crime fan you know i've listened i listened to all these all these podcasts and i was you know going through a rough patch just sort of needed i needed a creative outlet um and i needed something that i could could execute myself you know because i don't have a team i don't have really anyone who was willing to collaborate with me at all Um, for whatever reason. So I needed to find a project that I could sort of just like execute, um, like individually. And I thought, you know, what better than to, um, create a podcast, you know, I can just sit in my, in my room and, and plunk on the, on my laptop. And I just made a little test episode on GarageBand and I used my, um, my Apple earbuds, like the old kind And um, a pop protector that I made out of a hanger and a sock. And um, I continue to use that equipment throughout the entire first season. And if it doesn't sound like a pro podcast, you know.
2: (laughs) Right. No, it sounds uh, crystal clear. You did a great job with that.
3: Thank you so much.
1: You sort of parody a lot of podcasts in your podcasts. So where did that come from?
3: You know we're going to break the fourth wall here. I I uh <laughs> I just really love um things that make me roll my eyes a little bit and it kind of just like really gets me excited. Um I like to sort of like, you know, make an observation about something and then kind of just like let it like spiral into absurdity. Um, until it becomes, like, something else. I don't know. It's just, I, I, I always I always have found uh, the best way for me to write is to sort of um, be sort of incensed by something. And um, <laughs> a lot of, I mean, like, all of it's done with love. Right. But certainly there are some more than others that, you know, I've listened to and just been like, someone has to say something, you know. <laughs> so Someone has to. Yeah. Someone must say what we're all thinking
2: (laughs) which is which is thank you thank you john david booter right we're all thinking that
1: (laughs) yeah so uh this this idea so parody your your parody is sort of born out of fandom plus like a twinge of anger or eye rolldom uh over yeah it's like like
3: obsessive it's obsessive fandom mixed with like a lack of release in terms of because i feel like i don't have a lot of like friends who are as i mean i have a few but who are like as deep in like the true crime podcast world as i am in terms of like listening to all of them and um just being aware of all of their all of their specific quirks and um pros and cons so i feel like it was kind of and i you know i wouldn't I would never go on like Reddit or anything and like become some sort of internet troll so I decided to become an internet troll in like a different <laughs> way I guess
1: <laughs> it's it's really brilliantly done uh, I have to say though you know you get you, you get your point across like over and over and over you uh, it, it, You know, it's a beautiful thing. You know, it really is. And I think you're right. Someone, you know, someone need to say, you know, Lance and I have often talked about how what we do floats a line between between like, you know, it's really serious stuff. But it's like we also said that there could easily be a comedy made of this.
2: Right. There's so many absurd elements to it. There's so many times where we look at what we do and we say, I can't I can't believe that we have a like a voice i can't believe that this is something you know and it's it's really
3: line to toe in terms of doing something like this because i definitely wouldn't want to you know um shit on what like the work people are doing but it's just you know it's sort of just the idea of podcasting to me is uh ripe for (laughs) for some commentary just the idea that anyone can sort of uh get a microphone and create this world for themselves and sort of present themselves however they want, which, which I've done and has been super fun, just super fun to just like have like this world built with like zero context about, you know, where it's coming from or anything is um, just like a blast. Like I really am having a lot of fun with it.
2: I, I really like the fact that every successful industry, even every successful um, you know, individual company or government has a series of checks and balances and you have just established <laughs> the, the checks and balances to this, you know? It's just when you think you're getting a little too good, you get the John David Booter to to repeatedly thank himself and then and then you think to yourself, Am I I gotta make sure I'm not like taken taken the, you know you know what i mean like now now right. i'm self-aware we now, all just
3: gotta stay woke you know that's a big part of podcasting we all just gotta stay woke and just focus on the work you know it's about the work it's about finding far pockets at the end for of the sure. day. that's all it's about
1: now uh we we loved this podcast immediately uh when we heard about it it was really kind of like a like a whispering kind of like, like across the, the aisles. It's like, hey, do you hear it done disappeared? You got to check this out. And I heard it from two or three different people. They're like, you got to check this out. Checked it out and uh, absolutely loved it immediately. Have you run into some podcasters who aren't as friendly about that?
3: Well, um, in terms of podcasters, everyone's been really sweet. Um, we've certainly gotten some real intense reviews um most of which are just complaining about the amount of ads (laughs) which like makes me really happy
2: mission accomplished like
3: thrills me um like most of the one star reviews we get i like um just couldn't be happier with like usually they'll like start off with something that make makes me like a little bit like oh but then they'll cap it off with something that just like completely makes everything right in the world like uh like this isn't funny at all and there are so many ads or just like <laughs> right. um, or, uh... this isn't funny it's just creepy right. which like that that one i really liked that it's just creepy because it is creepy the whole case is creepy um and john david booter um it's he's a creepy guy so yeah in terms of people we've people we've uh, you know sort of referenced or whatever everyone's been super nice even mitch gubert tweeted about us and um I expected to hear from his lawyers immediately, but unfortunately <laughs> he was cool with it.
1: Okay, so here's here's the running list that I that I have uh of the podcast you sort of uh parody. Um Up and Vanished, True Crime Garage, Sword and Scale, Nancy Grace, My Favorite Murder, uh Crime Writers On, uh Missing Maura Murray. And uh, did I miss any?
3: Case file. Case file. Oh, right. oh yeah, Case that's right. File. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I really like Case File a lot.
1: <laughs> I love that. Um, if you like, if you like the show, it ends up uh, in your show. Like, right? That's, well, I, love if I that.
3: listen to it, if I listen to it a lot, like you know, I'm gonna wanna shout it out. I listen to Case File a lot, and I really love a good Australian accent. <laughs> so any excuse to be able to like drop into that. That guy has a really fun Australian accent. Cause it's like really, really like clipped and like sort of like this and just like really monotone and it's just like <laughs> like talking about really graphic things and um, just like not really changing the inflection of his voice at all and it, I like I, I'm really a big fan that was and he's like anonymous like no one knows who he is and I love that that's um, yeah
1: wonderful that, that, i had no idea
2: that was you yeah, That's great. That that's outstanding um the also uh the nancy grace character is uh outstanding as well um you'd really think that it was nancy grace doing the unless she did it for you <laughs> no but, i really did i really did yeah. think
1: it was her for the first minute or so until until the it gets silly um i you know i really thought it was nancy
2: yeah that's awesome
3: that made me really happy that people thought it was really her yeah <laughs> um yeah that's another thing that I've just sort of had in my pocket for years is, well, first of all, just having a lot of really talented friends that I've always wanted to like make something with. but that particular friend is just like incredibly like an amazing actor and has had this Nancy Grace impression for years. And I sort of realized halfway through this endeavor that I would be a fool to not exploit that,
2: yeah yeah it's it's like a gift wrap for you
3: yeah it's really and she improvised that entire thing
2: i um, was gonna say
1: yeah did she and, right so she improved a lot of it
3: yeah we had a couple drinks and i was like do you think you could do nancy grace on this thing and she was just like give me your phone and she just like screamed into my voice memo for like five minutes and i was like cool thanks that's all i need
2: <laughs> that's
3: incredible <laughs>
4: Evening, I'm Nancy Grace. Bombshell tonight Clara Pockets went missing in 1987. And after that, not a word, nada, zilch, nothing, zero, not a peep, not a whisper not a word. Tonight, some kind of podcast, hitting all the top charts, getting international attention, somehow recalling vague details of her disappearance, hosted by a man named John David Booter. Tonight, joining us on the show is John David Booter.
3: Hello, Nancy. Thank you so much for having me. Now, Mr. It Booter, is okay.
4: what I want to know is, before right. you began, just months ago, just well. months ago, covering the case of Clara Pockets, are mm-hmm. you telling me that in the small town of Davistown, Pennsylvania, population 250, that you'd never come across a beautiful, stunning queen like Clara, well, she a just shapely in African-American woman who, despite her missing leg, was well. an incredible dancer? Who, um, even though she was described by some as dull, despite having a fourth grade education, had a razor sharp wit yes, and a she sexual did. energy that only a Leo could possess. Are you telling me? Mr. Booter, you never came across Clara Pockets. She disappeared in 1987. What have you done with her, Mr. Booter? Where, where is Clara Pockets? Where is her family, Mr. Booter? find out. I'd like to speak with well, them.
2: I, well, as would I. It's,
3: where is she? To...
4: When did she go missing? Is there a God? Oh. And if there is, may I speak with him? Because Mr. Booter? Uh, yes. He seems to be the only one who does know anyone who came from or birthed or was a brother to or uncle from clara
0: pocket
4: stay
2: with us i think uh what is uh really um stands out as far as uh you know you're a fan of these shows the beats that you hit and the moments that you hit uh that like we've listened to it I li- when i listened to it um and i just heard like your your different characters describing uh, Clara Pockets uh, completely like in different ways. You know, blonde hair. She's you know blind in one eye. She she's missing a leg, but still was a you know successful dancer. Um, yeah, it's that example. Beautiful
3: waist length, raven black hair.
2: <laughs> right, two sure. different colored eyes. Yeah, um, but it's that ex- it's that exaggeration of what we do. I mean, we're, we've had. We've had moments where, you know, people question what we do and, and you know, some, like, conjecting a, a conflicting reports. Well,
1: yeah, quite literally with, like, eye color on Maura Murray's missing flyers, it says different eye colors. So that easily could have been a conversation we had. I don't think we did, but we might have. It's a very familiar note. Right. So to hear that.
2: And, uh, you know, and to know, oh, God, this guy listens to these and he takes notes of these and that's what you're exploiting and exaggerating is is really funny. Um, And it if, you know, if it was just somebody straight up making fun, then, you know, you'd get you'd get irritated and you'd say, you know, but you, you can tell. You well, can tell it wouldn't if, have it wouldn't have been as, yeah, as no, popular. I would,
3: I would never want anything to come across as like mean spirited. Right. And there were there were certain. um bits that I had that I was like a little bit worried about just because I had sort of listened to um, like maybe a few episodes of the podcast but not the whole podcast so I was playing on on things that I picked up in those episodes that I then began to worry like might not be recognizable enough tropes to sort of like make fun of in like a general way and it would have just seemed like I was being mean but you know I ran out of time so I just did it anyway.
2: Right. Right. Um, another one of uh, my favorite characters is the psychic character. Where was, What was your inspiration for the psychic character?
3: Um, well, actually, it was your show. Um, I watched uh, I was thinking I, ha- I wanted to have a psychic on the show for a while, and I was sort of looking for something to watch or listen to where, where they bring in a psychic. And then I watched the episode of Missing Maura Murray. And instantly, when she says that she doesn't want any information at all, she just wants her name, where she was born, like what she looked like. I was like, okay, there we go. <laughs>
2: You're welcome.
3: Sort of. She's like, yeah. She's like, I'm just going to do a totally cold reading with absolutely zero information. So all I need from you is just her name and where she lived and where she grew up and when she disappeared and how and who took her.
2: <laughs> I, I and love. And she's
3: kind of just like. And she's kind of like, I'm seeing a guy who seems like a bad guy. <laughs> and they're just like, cool, cool, cool. And she's like, did did she go with him like, uh, like willingly? And the psychic's just like, mm, no, no, no. <laughs> and anyway, and I thought she was really I, Yeah, was I've told this
2: story a few times that I'll just be like driving in my car or I'll be at the store um, or just doing anything and I'll, the, there's many parts of the podcast that make me uh, crack up, but just the fact that the psychic signs off with "blessed Bee is—I don't know why—I just I just hear her voice, and the fact that she needs to sign off with "blessed Bee is hilarious to me.
3: That's what they all do. <laughs> the uh, That's some part of, of the code.
1: The <laughs> the, uh, the more subtle jokes are really my, my favorite, and and you kind of hit on it. It's like um, your your show is isn't like isn't scary movie like, to scream, it's more like Naked Gun is to, like, the cop genre. You know, it's not, like, a direct parody in my point of view. It kind of, like... Right. It kind of encompasses a lot. So, like, the subtle jokes, like, you know, your meetup is gonna be in 2016 <laughs> and season two <laughs> is coming in 2016. Like, that shit really cracks me up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. That's not in reference to anything.
1: Right. I mean, it was I just... just... Yeah, it just, it's just—it's just like what you said. Like you took the idea, and it just spiraled itself into its own absurdity, and that's what came out. And like to me, it's absolutely yeah. hilarious.
3: Yeah, I think just the more—the more I worked on it, the more you know. My goal throughout the first eight episodes or whatever was just to sort of keep building out the world of John David Booter and sort of just making it the scope of his worlds more specific and more, um, like big seeming and a lot of that came through and sort of just like having this completely like nonsensical timeline and just like the fact that he was like completely unaware of it and just like the way he took in information like that ended up being a big part of it that I hope to continue throughout his life.
1: <laughs> that's
2: awesome. That's, that's great. One of my favorite books is uh, a Confederacy of Dunces and John David Booter definitely yeah. reminds me of Ignatius.
3: Yeah, that was a big favorite book of mine as well
2: are there any jokes or shots at at podcasters or rib ribbing
1: of podcasters that uh like people haven't picked up on yet
3: i feel like the people who really listen like you guys pretty much hit all the ones i was specifically making fun of i had another amazing friend that did like an incredible madison reed um amy eric impression and um, it seemed like on social media, people just like, and not without even questioning whether or not it was real, just like, we like, it's real. Um, which made me be like, like, you know, I thought that was awesome. But then like, deep down, a part of me is just like, no, it's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I think, you know, some people don't get any of the references at all. I don't know. People pick up on different stuff. But the people who really really get the show, I think can pick out what um the specific references are. Yeah. But then, you know, some people have a hard time, but you know, we'll 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 make it clearer for them somehow, I guess. Okay. If they listen to this.
2: <laughs> I don't I don't think that this is a case, but have you has anyone thought that this was real? Have you received any correspondence like that?
3: Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got one um, message from a guy that was just like, "You're exploiting this poor woman. She was loved by so many people, and you're just doing this to sell merch, and like, uh, you just yeah. want attention." And they're absolutely right. You know, she was loved. She has a family, and I am trying to sell merch, <laughs> so I couldn't really, I couldn't really fire back with anything at all. I just hope that they subscribed. And they continue to give us a chance and that hopefully if we crowdfund or something, they'll donate a significant portion of their paycheck to our search.
2: It's important and people should uh you know they should for humanity's sake at least they should contribute.
3: yeah, but I, I think a lot of people stumble onto the podcast um, without any sort of context right and and think that it's it's real, which I just can't get enough of that. I love that.
2: The idea about the cake. Was this the Chekhov's gun element to the story of Clara Pockets? No.
3: Um, That just kind of, again, was just sort of like, you know, really... When I made the first episode, I made it very randomly out of nowhere in like a few hours one day because I was bored. And I had just listened to episode one of Up and Vanished and it made me LOL. Um, So... (laughs) I just had like that line, you know, um, I'm a filmmaker. I- I'm not a podcaster. I'm a filmmaker. I've never made a podcast, but I've also never made a film. And I just like recorded that on a voice memo and sent that to a few of my friends. And they were like, ha ha ha. And then I just like kept sort of like thinking about it. And I was like at the gym and I just like was thinking about like what what else I would want to write. And then I just got home and just sort of like. Shat out the first episode and then recorded it on my phone and put some weird music behind it. And the cake was just sort of like in that little writing session. I was just sort of like, Whoa. and then like I made the first episode and I was like, OK, well, I guess that's what this is about. <laughs> um, and uh, then sort of met up with a couple of my friends who were into true crime podcasts and had them as sounding boards and we just like brainstormed. Ideas for where it could go, and it's when we decided to interview Gert about the cake.
2: Um, very, very important get, interview, right there. Get,
3: yeah, and get her take. And that 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 brainstorming sesh was where a lot of the ideas and and the rest of the season sort of came came from.
1: So you basically got so got some of your your funny friends together who love true crime podcasts, and you kind of just brainstormed and just uh, had a blast. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And throughout throughout the the whole first season when I was making it, I would we had like a text thread where I would send them what I was working on and they'd give me notes. And so I had people people keeping me in check for sure, because if I was just doing it on my own, I was worried that I might, you know, a lot of the the people I was working with are a lot nicer than me and a lot (laughs) like uh, like, um, you know, just like better people. So I needed someone to sort of like keep me in line and and make sure that I, I wasn't doing anything mean or, or and that it was, you know, funny. I, I didn't trust myself to just be completely autonomous.
1: Did you have any idea how big it was going to get?
3: No. I mean, it kind of freaked me out, honestly, that anyone was listening to it because I am making fun of a lot of specific podcasts. Um, and I was worried initially, you know, I didn't even know if it was going to get approved by iTunes because of all the ads. <laughs> I guess that's okay because of parody law or whatnot, but, um, yeah, no, I just made it for my friends and I'm really made it because I really wanted to set a goal for myself and accomplish it. And, you know, I, in what I do, I te- I have to rely on a lot of people artistically, um, to like get stuff done. And I just, I just realized it was something that I could just totally do on my own and it might take a lot of time. And, and but I just wanted to, have accomplished something, um, in, in those months that I made it. So I just, uh, I, I didn't think that anyone would ever listen to it (laughs) at all. Um, I'm not sure like the first thing, the first person that sort of like made it known. I just remember waking up one day and there was like a Facebook discussion group about it with like 50 people I'd never heard of. And I was kind of like, Oh, um And then just sort of spiraled from there. And um yeah, but I mean, episode five is the episode where I discover a lot of like rival podcasters and it becomes like really specific parody of um, other podcasts. And I was really nervous because the show sort of like caught on a little had garnered a bit of a following by like episode three. So I was really nervous for episode five because... I wasn't sure how people would react to that Um, or, and it was kind of, you know, a different vibe from the first few episodes. So I didn't know if it would kind of just like jump the shark or whatever. But I think people who listen to podcasts want to feel like, like people like feeling like they have like a, like an eye out for like things that, I think it's the same reason I made it, you know, I'm listening to all these podcasts and I just want someone to be like, to say what I'm thinking, you know, right. and I think people people liked that part of it, which was fun. And I want to do more of that for sure.
2: Was there something that you um, that you saw in the podcast, uh, true crime podcast world that inspired you for that?
3: Well, not really. I was kind of just like, all right, I want eight episodes and I want the first one to be this. Second will be this. Third one will be that. And then I got to the fifth one and I was like, I want to spoof some po- like I want to spoof sword and scale really bad. And, like, I needed to find a way to narratively justify that. So the Rival podcast is just sort of what I came up with. And then, like, the more I started, like, learning about the, the politics of the podcasting world and, like, sort of, like, meeting other podcasters and stuff and just, like, you know, learning about the whole atmosphere, it seemed more... Um, it seemed better than I even thought it would be because there is a lot of this, like like... There's like a bit of an incestual relationship with a lot of these podcasts. It seems there is, which yeah. is fun. Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like a, it's like a big,
3: it's almost like a big giant, giant message board.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah,
3: like, like Twitter's a part of it, and like Facebook's a part of it, and like everyone's got haters and everyone's got beef, and it's just so dumb and it's so fun and I love it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it's it's amazing because like we are we're we listen to it and and again it's it's like humbling to listen to it and and know that you're a part of that um the reason for your podcast to exist and um like I said before it's like a check and balance to the whole thing
3: yeah yeah no it's really fun i mean yeah it's all it's all i'm just doing it for fun you know and i i i just like I'm having a blast with it. It's yeah. really weird that people are listening to it. Um, and then, like, the Twitter thing is super fun. Um, and, like, you know, this is the first time I've really broken the fourth wall in any in any way. Um, and it's going right back up after that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, just, <clears throat> it's really fun to sort of live a double life in that way. And just, you know, and a lot of the work is just, like, doing research by like listening to a bunch of true crime podcasts, which is my favorite thing to do. So
1: were you, Were you giggling through the entire process of, of making uh, like producing an episode, like obviously writing it, uh, recording. It. Yeah. And then editing it. Like, cause I found myself just giggling the entire listening to the entire thing. And I'm, and like when I make something that's funny, uh, which hasn't been too much lately, uh, but it uh, you know I'm always giggling through that. Is that something like that you find? Do you? Oh, man.
3: <clears throat> well, definitely at the the you know voice memos people sent me um, for sure. Like when people did voices for me, they would definitely crack me up. But like my own part, I'm just I was just like trying to figure out GarageBand for months, and like it took me so long, and I just like was. It was so frustrating, and I had to re-record things over and over and over and over again that i it, it kind of drove me nuts by the end of it. Um, and then I would like really listen to each episode obsessively and just like pick out things that bug me and go back and like re-export it and like have to like remix the entire sound. So it was just, uh, by the end of by the time like of the episodes came out, they just like sounded like word vomit to me. like I didn't even know what was funny anymore. But there's certain, like the Nancy Grace thing, like I knew was amazing, and and like um, I have raw audio of when I first recorded Gert, um, the Cake Woman, who's the same woman who plays Nancy Grace.
1: I was gonna say uh, I thought
2: so. Yeah. Did, did she? How many other voices does she do?
3: I think that's just it's. She's just those two.
2: Okay. Does but, she? Uh, is that actually I, her I, recipe I, for the cakes? Does she really know? No, how to make I googled
3: cakes? how to how to bake a cake and just changed the tense and the possessives and just texted it to her and she just read it like that. And I I have the audio of it and it's I'm laughing really hard yeah. the whole time.
2: <laughs> it, once once you uh once you listen to that and you realize that Gert is about to completely go into the process of baking a cake uh, once you commit yourself to listening to that and then it's absolutely hilarious. And then, and then it's, you, you, you know, John David Booter, you know, he's, he's just so thankful for the information that she gave him. It's yeah.
3: I really love Gerd. Gerd is definitely going to come back um, for sure. She's going to be, a, a, I think I might have her do like catering or something.
2: <laughs> oh, at the not, next, uh, at the next fundraiser. Now that, not that pizza.
3: has a budget.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, of course. What
1: uh, What's going on in, in season two?
3: Um, you know, I'm trying to figure it out right now. Um, just met up with the same team that I sort of had last, last season for an initial sort of brainstorm sesh. And, uh, you know, I got some good ideas. Uh, I feel like I just, I definitely need to like take a couple months and just like get some distance from it. Um, and just then maybe like go back and, Listen to it again and sort of with like fresh ears and figure out what I want to do next. Um, but yeah, we're cr- figuring out creatively, and then you know I'm just trying to monetize the shit out of it. So I'm yeah, trying to figure that out too. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean you 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 should you know take take some time off, go uh, go someplace tropical, take the earnings so far and just uh, put yeah. yourself up for a couple of months. And I
3: mean. I deserve it. Let's be real. Yeah. And
2: you shouldn't even we, use your own money. We've
3: accomplished so much together. We deserve it. We,
2: yeah. You're right. I we actually sh- just started a Patreon page things. for all of us to go away. Oh, perfect. Yeah.
3: Oh, man. Yeah.
2: It's going to, it's already shooting up right now.
1: You should, uh, you should go to CrimeCon in in May. Are you planning on going to CrimeCon?
3: I can't make it.
2: Uh, That's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, yeah, it's a shame. Um, no, I might. Who knows? Yeah, I'd love to go to some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, that sounds really fun.
1: When um, when will we find out your
2: real identity? Never. Do we really need to find out the real identity?
3: I don't think it's important, you know? I think it's fun. I think it's more fun and funnier when there's just zero context about where it's coming from. And um, I would be remiss. I mean, I would be really bummed if if people were picturing, um, John David Booter as me, because I'm stunning and that just doesn't work narratively at all.
2: I, I can only, uh, we can only guess at how, how stunning you, you are. We, uh, we can't yeah. see you on the Skype call, but the initials, I really, there,
3: I'm a, I'm a beautiful
2: man. Yeah. It, it's, uh, the, the, the vocals are coming through, uh, in a beautiful manner, in a very angelic uh-huh. manner. Um, you know uh you know our our friend Maggie from um the disappearance of Moore murray and we've had her on uh missing Moore murray you know you know who I'm uh, referencing yes, Absolutely. She wants to know if you if you like her. That's uh that was her one question that she wanted us to ask you. She said Oh
3: my god, Maggie, I love you. Why would you ever think otherwise, Mags? Come on.
1: She just said that she was such a big fan of your show. She was like she was like I just need I just need him to like me cuz I like him so much. Yep.
3: Oh, the feelings mutual, Mags. (laughs) You guys even have have nicknames. (laughs) JDB, I love I
1: love everyone. You know, I'm a lover. (laughs) Um, last uh, last question I got. (laughs) That uh, the song in episode eight, at the end of episode eight, we were playing it here in the Crawl (laughs) Space Studios. Uh, Gorgeous. Yeah, it's really amazing. It's a really beautiful song and really funny, and it is actually catchy. Um, Yeah. So who wrote that and how did that come
0: to be?
3: Um, It's my friend from high school. She's um, like just always been an amazing singer songwriter. And she's got, you know, two kids now and she's just being a mom and she's a big true crime podcast fan. And we she we sort of reconnected um because she was listening to the show and I was like, "Oh my god, would you write a song for the show?" and she was like, "On it." And then she texted me that like 2 days later and I was like, "Thank you so much. It's gold and I'm going to close the entire show with it." She didn't. know where it comes from.
2: You uh you gave her no uh no notes on the end cuz I thought the last uh like 30 seconds or so was absolutely brilliant um with just the the over thank youing.
3: I told her, I told her what was going to happen at the end of the season. So she knew that, um, you know, thanking John David Booter profusely over and over would be like an, and like an appropriate thing to do. <laughs> um, but otherwise, yeah, she just completely came up with, with all of it. I didn't do anything at all.
2: Outstanding. Outstanding. Now I know you said that you were going to take some, uh, some time off and, uh, you know, step back from the whole, uh, the whole world. Um, in the meantime, I mean, you're you're gonna be coming back with uh with something new. I'm assuming sometime around 2016. Uh, yeah, right. Um, is there is there another case that you're looking at? Is there another missing person case or you know possible uh you know cold case unsolved crime that you got in mind? I mean, now that Clara Pockets' case is solved, right, wrapped up.
3: Yeah, that's all wrapped up. Um, totally totally wrapped up from top to bottom. No more questions. Um, Yeah, I think I'm interested in doing something a little more um, murdery to sort of open up the possibilities of maybe other podcasts we could get into or just some other tropes in terms of, like, investigative stuff, forensics and stuff like that. Um, So there's definitely going to be a mix of there's going to be a new case and some new characters and some new developments in John David Booter's life, but there's going to be a lot of um, callbacks and through lines from the first season also.
2: Very good. From what
3: I understand so far.
2: Right.
1: But isn't it great? Like you you mentioned with your friend from high school, isn't it great when your own podcast can affect the future of your podcast? Like I find that, that aspect addicting of, of what we do.
3: Yeah, that was really, that was a weird part of it. I was really trying to not let, cause I had the whole thing basically, I had like a rough version of every episode finished before I started putting any of them out. So I really didn't, I was trying really hard to not let anything that was happening in terms of like people who were listening to it or commenting on it affect anything that I was doing creatively. But that became sort of impossible at a certain point. And, and, you know, I, I would go back and do another draft. I would take like a week to sort of like tweak each episode and just like naturally, you know, um, whatever's going on in your life is going to affect your perception of, of whatever you're working on. So I think it, it, you know, it was, it was, it was stupid of me to try and shut all that out because it just makes it a lot more fun to sort of have art reflect life in that way. Right.
1: Um, and, uh, finally, where did you, uh, get your title?
3: um, uh, I just tried to think I was listening to Up and Vanished and I was like done disappeared. <laughs> um, yeah, that was like a, that was a play on Up and Vanished.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh you've been on other um podcasts uh you know doing interviews about this. Uh, is there any podcast that you haven't been on that you you you're, you're hoping uh, will reach out to you, or you might reach out to them?
3: I would love to go on Sword and Scale. I would love to go head to head with that guy. I have some things to say, um, but also I would love to, you know, any pod. I'm, I'm down to go on any podcast. I think it's so much fun, and it's so weird for me because i I just like you know, I, I listen to all these podcasts, all you guys and and um, you know. It's just very strange and weird. It's very strange and weird.:
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the feeling's mutual. Uh, like, like we said before, um, it was, it's really surreal to listen to something like this that you know you gain success with, but it's a parody of what we do. And like you said, it, you know this whole art imitating life, and to be in my car on the way to our crawlspace studios to do this, I'm cracking up at a parody of myself. Uh, what we yeah, do.
3: that is fun. Yeah, it is, it is. It gets really meta in a really trippy way. Yeah, and it was even it was even meta in ways that I didn't really realize. You know, I've I've talked to some people. I talked to one guy that was just sort of like, you know, why'd you make John David Buter fat? And I was like, uh, I don't know. And he was like, uh, Well, I used to be fat, and I don't appreciate fat shaming. And then I was kind of like, Well, I think I just wanted him to be really depressed. And when I'm really depressed, I get really fat. So. I think that was just like really coming from my experience right. more so than like, you know, trying to make fun of people for being fat. And and uh, a lot of a lot of as absurd as John David Booter's whole um, life has been, you know, we've all had rough patches <laughs> like it's it's not like too too terribly far from anything that's happened no. in my life. Right. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't live with my mom, but right. But you,
2: but you, you very well could. You, you very well but, could yeah, hit the a rough. podcast path. was
3: definitely born out of some sort of like frustration. So that's right. definitely a thing.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder what like bo- born a lot of other podcasts like you. You actually raise a good question there. You know, and it kind of kind of made us I think think about it ourselves. Like, why do we do this? Are we doing this just for us too? <laughs> like, just to monetize. <laughs> You know, no, I mean, it really, yeah, made you put the look at that mirror, I think, it, which is great. I
3: think, you know, we all, everyone wants to do good work in their own way. However it is they do that and whatever the work is, you know. Yeah. And I think the podcasting thing just sort of offers a, a platform for you to just execute it from top to bottom and just do the work that you want to do, which is really great. And I wouldn't ever want to, like, shame anyone for that, you know. I just think, you know, we can all have a laugh.
2: Yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, it was very flattering hearing uh,
2: hearing missing uh, Megan Murphy. (laughs) Oh yeah. uh, Yeah. So (laughs) that uh, was the reference. I was couldn't couldn't get the reference.
3: (laughs) Oh yeah, and then there's a something. Someone knows something. One.
2: Oh, that's right. Okay.
3: Someone found something.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. Okay. And I I had
3: one. I had one that I'm probably gonna I'm gonna bring back into season two. Um, It was a. A last podcast on the left parody called the podcast under the stairs. Nice. Oh, good.
2: Uh, Wes Craven. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Cross yeah, <laughs> reference. There's
3: that. And then there's Generation Huh. <laughs> uh, and there's like there's a few things that I'm like I've got I've got ready to go.
2: Well, if you if you need any uh like insider tips, let us know. <laughs> we'll be happy to uh, point oh. you in the right direction.
3: We will be in touch, my friend.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you so much, John David Booter. I only have one thing left. Did you want to promote any product? Do you need to uh, make a couple of bucks right now? Do you need to do a quick spot?
3: Absolutely. Blue Apron offers delicious farm-fresh recipes straight to your door. (laughs) Like many of you, I don't have time to drop everything and run to the store and pick up ingredients, but I do love to cook. That's why Blue Apron is perfect for me. Last week, I woke up, opened the door, and saw a big old box full of salami, potatoes, and little tiny bits of grain. And I flew them, threw them all into a pot, and I stirred them up, and without it, I would be starving to death. Blue Apron. Go to blueapron.com disappeared and enter the promo code Booter for 100% off. You won't be disappointed.
2: Very good, very good. I, I just signed up now and uh, promo code works just fine. So I'm looking Come forward I'm to the delivery. You're gonna love it. Can't wait. Can't wait. Thank you so much. Thanks Thank a lot. you so much. Thank you Thank for all you do.
3: Ah. You're
2: welcome.